people of Earth, we have come to upgrade your cosmic consciousness. DNA activation ready in three, two, one. Hi, welcome to Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership. I'm Lou Quinto. And I'm Craig Anderson. Today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the topic of decision making. And we're going to talk about how to improve your decision making. Because when you look at your organization, your company, uh, you got to admit, every dollar that you spend is based on the decision. And the better the decision can be, then the less chance of making an unwise decision and spending money that you shouldn't have to. And so what we'll talk about in this area is we're going to talk about three parts. One how to develop and prioritize criteria, two, gathering facts that match your criteria, and then three, making sure you involve all the stakeholders. So let's go ahead and take the very first one, developing and prioritizing your criteria. Well, yeah, so I think developing and prioritizing, that, that's easier said than done, right? Because how, do you, how can you be sure you check every single box when you're developing it? So who do you need to pull into the criteria right. set? You know, I've been part of organizations where, you know, the, the priority and the criteria set were set so high that, you know, it didn't really, in, well, I talked about it just last week, I think, on, this, on the pod here was you end up not getting everybody's information. So right. it's important to kind of be broad in your collection of this data. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, yeah. And with developing and prioritizing your criteria, when I consult with people on, on decision making, mm -hmm. and you know, I jokingly ask everybody, how many of you have made a decision before? Yeah. And everyone's hand goes up and everyone laughs. And it's like, okay, great, you've made the decision before, but there are some things that in decision making that most people don't do. And the number one thing is before you even look at any of your alternatives, you're going to need to prioritize and develop criteria. And that criteria has to be measurable, you have to be able to quantify it in some way. Uh, the other thing too is when it comes to your criteria, you have to be able to distinguish between what we call eliminating criteria and what we call judgmental criteria. Yeah. And eliminating criteria is a very small list. So those are things that you have to absolutely have. If you don't have it, you will perish right. and die. Uh, and once you develop that criteria, you can quickly look at your alternatives and if none of them meet every single one of your eliminating criteria, it's out of the mix. Yeah. Because you've said, I can't live without it. So you're just going to be out of the mix. And then there's the judgmental criteria. The judgmental criteria, that's the criteria that you actually begin judging each of the remaining alternatives to each other. But most people don't do that. They look at the alternative first, and then they end up with something that we call buyer's remorse. Because they bought something because it had a shiny object to it, or something right. that was neat, a neat feature, and then they regret the decision that they made after they made that decision. Because they didn't look at everything equal. And when it comes to decision-making, it's important that you look at each alternative in the same light, right. using that criteria. Well, it's interesting you say that because I, I came up through sales and a lot of times what you're taught in sales training is, right, people make emotional decisions for logical reasons. Right. So it's really about trying to push through to that emotional side right. of, of the buy and then kind of go back and fill in. So it's interesting if you have all that really teed up up front how that works for, for that kind of decision. Yeah, because if, if, if you don't do that ahead of time, you're going to look at your alternatives and you'll develop, I mean, what do they say? Psychologically, there are 125 different biases we fight on, fight against on a daily yeah. basis. And, and two of them are confirmation bias, where you look at something and you just go, oh, I know that's it. Right. Or there's information bias, where you only collect the data that is going to support the alternative that you want to go with. 
and um, you ignore other data. And I can see that in hiring too, because you're going to hire. You know, you're probably biased in hiring towards a friendly person, right? You know, a person who presents well, but that doesn't mean they can do the job, right? right. So mm -hmm. it just means they can get the job. Yeah. So it it does add a certain light that this this discussion isn't just about buying things. This is across all decisions you might be making. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Second one is uh, gathering facts that match your criteria. Uh, one of the things that people do is they, they, they say, how do I know if I have enough information to make the decision? Right. Uh, and then there's that old adage, if we don't want to get analysis paralysis, so if we have 80%, we'll go with it, which my question always to somebody is, uh, or to a group, how do you know when you had 100%? And they don't know the answer to that. Right. However, when it comes to gathering information based upon your criteria, it's almost like creating a shopping list before you go to the store. I'm sure you've gone to the store and not had a shopping list before. Yeah, I get and, great stuff. Yeah, and when yeah. you come home and put everything on the counter, what do you end up with? Yeah, a lot of stuff you don't need. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. But when you set your criteria, you create your list of data that you're going to gather. You know when you have 100% because all of those, I'll just say, boxes are checked off. Right. That you know I have that information for this particular one. How do you know though when you're getting going through that that you do get 100% of the criteria? What's what's the way to make sure you're all encompassing? Oh well, that would lead to our next area. Uh -huh. and that next area is involving all shareholders. Right. Uh, one of the things that you find with decision making is that sometimes groups will make decisions that are very narrow focused, uh, which means I'll use the example: you bring a bunch of accountants in to make a decision to purchase a new piece of equipment. Right. Well, which piece of equipment are you going to end up with? On the account which is the cheapest, yeah, cheapest usually. Right. Okay, Sorry, so, so yeah, and no offense to accounts, but that's their discipline. That's what they're paid to do yeah. is to make sure that they're getting the best money or the best product for their money. Right. And so that one criterion, which is price, is going to dominate all the other ones. Whereas if you're using the equipment, you may be the individual that has to use it, and so therefore uh, usability uh, becomes an, a, a criterion. Uh, service. Uh, if you've got a problem with the piece of equipment, being able to get quick service is going to be a very issue. Technical uh, support is going to be a technical issue. And I'm not saying that accountants won't consider it, but they'll discount it heavily because they'll look at price. And so whenever you're making a decision that's going to affect, affect a whole bunch of people, that's uh, going to have an impact on them, you need to have the key stakeholders in the group so that this way it takes the blinders off of the group and gets them to look at the decision from different areas that this decision is going to have a significant impact on. Yeah, not to go back to hiring again, but that's one of the practices we had. I wish we probably were light on the written criteria, but when we hired people in my last in my last firm, we, we really worked with, if I was hiring somebody from the leadership team, I met, made sure that all the leadership team interviewed them. Right. And we drove that down to the team, says, all right, this is the team, let's get some input from them, but let's also get some input from the people they're going to be working with all the time. Right. So you kind of get a broad sense of what it is we're looking for. Okay. Uh, so I think it. I think this can be applied right on a lot, along a lot of different vectors. I think where I could have been better was to have the actual criteria really delineated. Right, and, and, and with everybody who's going to do that interviewing of that leadership right. person, potential leadership person, making sure that they were looking for the same qualities and right. same and same you know uh, characteristics, uh, competencies. Because if not, you're going to get six people in the room that interviewed somebody, and yeah. that, you know. 10 minutes into it, someone says, did we all interview the same person? Yeah. Because they looked at them from different perspectives. Yeah, and then when you get everybody together, it gets very confusing. So yeah. all the stakeholders involved at the, be at the end or at the beginning, so that when you get to the end, everyone's on the same page, works out perfectly. That's great. So key takeaways for today. 
Trey, since you're a great decision maker or have been. <laughs> <laughs> I was great at making decisions. I made decisions, we'll say right. that. But I think it's, I, I like the idea here of what we talked about, about really quantifying, getting all, getting a lot of the information pulled together up front right. so that everybody's kind of working from the same page from day one. So you don't get into these kind of shiny object things or different things. And I guess part of that too is if there is a shiny object and you say, hey, maybe that is something important, let's rework the criteria. Maybe we didn't hit your 100% if somebody brings up something that we hadn't considered. Yeah, and at that point, it's it's evolving. So yeah. it's not like someone came down from a mountain with you know carved tablets and said, yeah. here's your criteria. You know, you may discover some things that you didn't think about, and yeah. you may have to search that out. Uh, the, the one, the key takeaway that I have is that in my work with organizations when it comes to decision making, is that everyone needs to be on the same page. And the only way they're on the same page is they need to have that criteria in advance, and they're looking at the same data. Because most of the time, someone enters a meeting and they've already made the decision that they want to have and they spend the entire meeting arguing for that alternative that they want and if everyone's not on the same page you're really not going to get a good decision and there's always the fun one where you've kind of gone through and the team has made that decision and the boss comes in and says yeah but we're going to go with that exactly that's a topic for a different different discussion without question so all right we hope you enjoyed today's topic of uh, improving your decision making on q a on breakthrough leadership uh i'm lou quinta and i'm craig anderson check and click on the like button if you like this video write some comments down maybe there's a topic in decision making that you want in the future uh and also subscribe to our channel so that this way you know when the next podcast is going to be. Thanks again. Thank you.